Hi, friends. This is Pastor Dan Jackson. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Jacobswell Church. My hope and prayer is that this message will be a blessing to you and lead you into worshiping and enjoying our great and gracious God. With that said, let me encourage you to use this message as a supplement to and not a replacement of a local church. Christ did not establish his church simply for us to consume messages, but so that we could be intimately invested in each other's lives as an authentic covenant community. Again, thank you for listening. And if you want more information about Jacobswell Church, please visit our website at www.jacobswellgb.org. Last year uh, at our officer retreat, we just kind of had this dream, this hope. Uh, it seemed really exciting, but seemed really out of reach that we uh, would be used by God to plant a Hispanic church in Green Bay that preaches the Bible, proclaims the gospel. And, uh, and we thought, man, like the most aggressive timeline is that we could maybe get someone here this upcoming fall uh, to do that. But God, of course, uh, as he does, uh, blessed us uh, more abundantly than we could ever hope or imagine. And God has brought uh, to us um, Jonathan and his family to plant in Green Bay, and they will be moving here in April, which is very exciting. So, uh, Jonathan, if you would come up. Uh, Jonathan graduated from seminary about two years ago, and, uh, and we're so excited to bring him up here. He will be, they will be around our church for probably a year or a year and a half, maybe two, as they prepare to launch the church. And so if you have an opportunity after the service, please feel free to say hi to his wife and kids and to Jonathan and get to know them. So, brother, thank you for bringing the word thank this you, morning. Pastor. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here, excited. I already uh, consider you my friends. Uh, I have the pleasure of meeting the uh, deacons and the elders. They've been uh, very caring for me and my family. Um, we, so the plan is to come in, in, on April, leave on April. But we feel like we already, we already want to be here. Uh, we want to be here. Um, but this is great. It's an honor being able to be here with you this morning. Uh, I brought good news, the gospel. We're going to talk about Jesus Christ. So it's going to be great. Let's open our Bibles in the gospel of Mark chapter 1. Uh, this uh, text, uh, I was assigned this text by Pastor Dan following the series of Mark. So we'll be studying together uh, the gospel of Mark chapter 1 starting on verse 14. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their, net, their father's civility 
in the boat with the hired servants and follow him. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in prayer. Father, we are here this morning to praise you, to worship you. Father, we ask that you speak to our hearts with this text, where you word. Help us, help us have our hearts ready to receive this word. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen. Well, in this, uh, this passage uh, of, of Mark, we will see Christ as the king. We will see his ministry in Galilee. And this is also a fast-moving story, uh, an action-packed story. Uh, he's just passing by, and immediately he calls these disciples, and then people follow him immediately. So this is, this is moving fast. Uh, in the message last week, you heard about John uh, appearing and baptizing in the wilderness, uh, saying that uh, one will come after him, all right? You also heard that uh, Jesus got baptized by John and the heavens opened and a voice was heard from heaven. It was also mentioned that he was immediately taken to the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days in the wilderness. And what happened next is what we will be studying uh, together, verses 14 to 20. We will see uh, Jesus as the mightier who John spoke about. We will see him making an announcement. We will see the one whom John is not worthy to bow down and untie his sandals. He will see, we will see him giving a, a command. And finally, we will see him whom the Father said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We will see him give him, giving a call. So the title for today's message is the good news of the kingdom of God. And we'll see this, we'll study this in three points. And our first point comes from verse 14, the king's announcements. So if you follow me in your Bibles, verse 14, we'll read it once again. It says, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. So the first thing we're going to see in this, this part is that John is, uh, was arrested and he will be put to death soon. Uh, Luke uh, 3.18 tells us that Herod uh, will lock him in prison. Um, and now the word arrested here. It's an interesting word. It comes uh, from the word, uh, from the meaning handing over. And this word is very significant because it will be the same word used for Jesus' arrest. And this is a parallel between John and Jesus. And in here we see God's purpose being fulfilled. And, and we also see that Jesus will announce that the kingdom that the kingdom is here. Uh, John the baptizer is the forerunner of Jesus, not only on his message, but also in his faith, which, in, which includes the suffering and death. His arrest, his arrest indicates that the time, the time has come. So these same words, it's used for Jesus' arrest in Mark, two times on uh, chapter 9, chapter 10. It says that... Uh, the Son of Man is going to be 
delivered. And, and once again, it says, the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes. So the arrest of John the Baptist and the baptism of Jesus were milestones by which the early church defined the commencements of Jesus' public ministry in Galilee. The second thing that I want us to look at is that Jesus comes proclaiming, proclaiming the gospel. And, and the place where this is happening is in Galilee. He passes by the Sea of Galilee. This is, this is Galilee was the, Jesus' home, the home of his disciples, the location for much of his ministry and by some called the land of the gospel. He comes proclaiming the gospel. After John preparing the way, he comes pro proclaiming, preaching the gospel. He comes and declares the good news of salvation both about God and, and from God. The purpose of Jesus coming and preaching is the gospel. In Luke 4, 43, it says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns, for I was sent for this purpose. So he was sent for this purpose, to preach the gospel. People used to come to where John was to get baptized. Now people are uh, not going to look for Jesus. Jesus is coming to the people. Isn't that wonderful? We need him, and he comes. He comes to us. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, in the place where I work currently, I, I work as a chaplain, as a recovery program for men, and there's a mentor that comes and talks to the, the residents there. And he tries for a couple hours to get there and meet with the residents, the, the people that are staying in our program. And we see this sad thing that some of them don't, are reluctant, don't want to meet with this mentor who is willing to give his time, who is willing to give his advice, who is a, a life coach, who is a retired person that has a lot to give. They don't want to take the time to meet with him. This cannot happen to us. He comes preaching the gospel. Jesus proclaimed the gospel, but he's, he's also the gospel. The gospel uh, of God comes from God. He brings, us, he brings us to God. The gospel is the message of salvation. It's the good news about Jesus. The coming of the kingdom, the freedom from slavery and captivity, the gospel is Jesus Christ. Let me... Uh, Stay with now the, or the next part on, on this point. It says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is, the kingdom of God is at hand. This word, uh, time is fulfilled, is, is at this, it has the idea of a decisive moment. The, the moment has arrived. This is not an announcement of something future. Uh, the state of fulfillment already exists. It's a, a fixed season. The time, the time is now. That's what he's saying. The term appointed times means this is a good, good occasion. This is what it was planned. This is what is the time that was prophesied. The time when, when the Son of God comes and proclaims the Word of God is here. The perfect tense in this part indicates that the event has come to pass now with lasting significance. 
Uh, let me give you uh, two references to this, to this part. The first one is on 2 Samuel chapter 7, when Nathan, the prophet Nathan, talks uh, to David. He says, I will rise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. And later he says, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Another reference is on Isaiah 9, 7. It says, of the increase of his government and the peace where there will be no end. So there will be no end for the peace, for his peace. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom. There's no end of the, his, this kingdom and of his throne, of his reign. Now the last part for this point is, mentions the kingdom of God. It says the kingdom of God is, is at hand. So what is, what is this kingdom, kingdom of God, what is it? And I want to mention a, a lot of things about this. But the main thing that I want us to remain, remember is when, when we hear the kingdom of God is here, that means that the king is here. If there's a kingdom, there is a king. So that's the main idea that I would like us to remember. But let me say a couple of things. I also want to uh, make a um, small commercial announcement. Uh, our, point, our first point is a little longer than the other ones. Sometimes we expect it to be the same length, and all, but this is, I don't know, longer for some reason. Uh, the kingdom of God is a hand. Okay. A kingdom is that territory over, over which a king reigns. The kingdom of God is wherever God reigns. The kingdom of God refers to a kingdom that will be ruled by God's appointed Messiah, who will be not just the redeemer of his people, but their king. The kingdom is not only something that happens in our hearts, but a kingdom that will break through into this world, a kingdom that will be ruled by God's anointed Messiah. The kingdom of God is near to the disciples because the king of the kingdom was there. When Jesus came, he inaugurated God's kingdom. He started it. And when he ascended into heaven, he went there for his coronation as king of kings and lord of lords. He reigns today. He's the king today. Jesus' kingship is not something that remains in the future. Christ is the king right now. Matthew 28, 18 reminds us that all authority has been given to him on earth and in heaven. The Lord prays, remind us uh, on Matthew 6, 9, says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Already in heaven, his will is done. It's already happening. Until the name of God is regarded as holy, like it's now in heaven, his kingdom can come to this world. We who regard his name as holy have the responsibility to make the kingdom of God manifest. Let me quote, uh, uh, let me say a quote from uh, author G.I. Packer. He said, the purpose of the church is to make the invisible kingdom visible through faithful Christian living and witness bearing. Let me tell you, I see that happening in this church. It's great. Um, 
But let, let me ask you a question. Let's ask, ask a question to ourselves. Do we show that Christ is king in our lives, in our jobs, in our families, in our schools, uh, on our checkbooks? Do we have this, do we have him as a priority, as a center, as the first thing, the most valuable? Are we doing this? God in Christ is and should be king of every sphere of our lives. For the disciples, this announcement means the king, the king is here, is here. The kingdom has arrived, it started. Let me, let me tell you a, a funny story. Uh, sometimes uh, well, we have prayer time before dinner, and sometimes my, my two boys would say, okay, we're going to pray, so they will grab a, another, a spoon of, of food and put it in their mouth, and then they're ready to pray, right? So they, they're kind of like saying, oh, let me do this before we, we do this prayer. Uh, and sometimes I, I feel like we are like this sometimes. I want to follow God, but let, let me do this thing first. Let me continue on my sin for a little bit, then I'll follow God. Or maybe I, I, I'm too young, maybe when I, I'm older, then I can serve God. We, we want to stay in with this sin instead of following God immediately. We will see how this, some disciples follow him immediately, and that will be very interesting. Now the king, the king is here. The king arrived. The king is announcing. Imagine uh, on court, on a court, in, in the court setting, when the judge enters, they say, rise, the judge, the judge is here, right? Everyone rise. It's a, a, a place of honor uh, because he has arrived. Kind of like the, the same idea. Now, we sometimes have the wrong response. We don't value this king enough. We only see him as a good teacher. And that, that is a mistake. We'll see how he has the authority of a king. The, the announcements of the king take us to the king's command. Jesus proclaims the kingdom not only to give us some uh, information, but to send a command. It takes us to our second point. That comes from, from verse 15. The king's command. The verse says, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus commands all people to repent and believe. In Acts 17.30, we're reminded that all people are called to repentance. It says like this, but now... He commands all people everywhere to repent. For believers, for Christians who have been following Jesus for, for a long time, this is an everyday thing. We, we come in repentance. But what about the people that think, you know, I, I better not know. It's better for me not to know because if I don't know, then I don't need to follow. I don't need to repent. I don't need to obey. No, everyone's here. It's included. All is all. He commands all, the Greek and the Hebrew and all the language, Spanish. All, it's all. All, all called to repent. This, call, uh, this idea of repentance um, includes the idea of going back to return. Uh, but not just return and turning back, but turning back 
to the Lord. A change of mind. To repent is to turn away, to turn away from an existing object of trust. So I trust this. This is what I put my trust. I, I, I turn away from that and I put my trust in Jesus Christ. Only through repentance can a man participate with joy in the kingdom. Now, it says to believe, also to, to repent and believe. To believe is to commit oneself wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ. To believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. He's the content of the good news. Not just having faith, but having faith in Jesus Christ. You hear him say, uh, some people, you might have uh, heard them say, oh, I have faith that this is going to happen. I have faith that this other is going to happen. No, our faith is not that something's going to happen. Our, our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, not in any other thing. Repentance from our sins. So how can I overcome this sin, this addiction to this thing that I love and don't want to leave? And the only way to overcome sin is to run to God. Not just stop doing this, but to actually run. Because if you're running in God's direction, you're never going to get to this other destination. Um, sometimes we like to pretend uh, that we don't know. Let me tell you a, a funny story. Um, our daughter Grace, she, she's three. And she don't like to uh, wear her, uh, um, her slippers. She wants. To, she likes to be barefoot. So mom will say, "Okay, put your slippers." Or I would say, "Hey, your shoes or something." Oh, I don't know where they are. I don't know. Hey, mom gets down and says, "Hey, you know, go put it on." <laughs> she knows. She knows. So how are we responding to this announcement? Are we responding like, "Oh, like this"? There haven't been any announcement. No, there there, there is an announcement. The king is here. The kingdom started. Now, he, he calls to repent and believe. This is an order. This is a, a command. He's not saying, well, if you like, if you will like, if this is convenient for you, if you like this, please repent and believe. No, this is a, a command. Um, when, when the police stops you, um, I hope they don't stop you today. Drive at a good uh, speed. But when the believer stops you, he's not going to say, okay, if you want, please stop. He's going to say, okay, stop now. Stop your car now. Some uh, will talk on their speaker. It, it's an order. It's a command. So he's giving this command. He's the authority. He's the king. He's calling us to, to repent from our sin and to, and to turn on, uh, to his direction. The Lord, the Lord commands us to turn to, to him. But he, we know that he graciously gives us the gift of faith. He gives us what we need in order to respond. We learned that from Ephesians 2, 8, 9. He gives us this gift that we can say, I believe. I believe. We sometimes fall from turning away from our idols, or away from our sins. We, we, we think that we, if we turn to God, 
we're going to miss out. Because this is really fun. This thing that I'm, it's, 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 it's good. I don't want to leave this. But we need to put our glasses on and be able to see how great of a savior, of a life and a peaceful, joyful life we're missing. Um, that, that's to be our response. Now this takes us to the, the king's call, our third point. And this is from uh, verse 16 all the way to verse 20. So let me, let me uh, uh, read it uh, with you. Verse 16. It says, Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were a fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the higher servants and, and followed him. Okay, the king, the king is calling. We see in this final section how Jesus called his first disciples to follow him. He called Simon and Andrew, and later he also calls James and John. I think that a common mistake we make is that we tend to focus on their response. We see, look at how great they responded immediately. Wow, this is, this is amazing. They, 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 they're doing so much great. Great, we should be like the disciples responding immediately. It is a good response, but I want us to focus much more on who's making the call. Because if the king is calling, in the, if the king is here and is calling, it doesn't make sense to stay. I'm just going to leave everything and, and go because the king is here. It doesn't take a lot to, to say, well, let, let me think about it. No, no, it's, I, I leave this to follow the king. Why should we leave a sin, a love, a counterfeit love that we like and that we enjoy? Why? Because we have a greater love, a greater passion, a savior, a king. Let me tell you a little bit about Simon and Andrew. Uh, these are the first two set of brothers whom Jesus called to follow him. Uh, they already uh, met Jesus and spent time with him. Uh, but now he's calling them to follow him per permanently. Uh, they were fishermen. Uh, let me, let me uh, do a, we were talking earlier about fishing here. And it's just so fun. i never seen the way uh, it's, they, they fish here. It looks like they've been telling me, I've been learning. They make a hole in the ice, and they, they cam, and they have the heater and everything. And they fish through it. That's, re that's really fun. I want to see that soon. Uh, we're, Green Bay's more advanced than the disciples. They're throwing the net. You guys are like, okay, we're going to camp. <laughs> this is fun. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see that. And... Uh, and do that with you. Um, well, let me uh, keep saying uh, about uh, Simon and, and the disciples. Uh, Simon is going to be later renamed as Peter. Uh, he's the, the first disciple to be named uh, in, in Mark. And he will be the first person in Mark's gospel to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Andrew is the brother of Simon. He will, like Simon Peter, become an apostle. James and John were, were part of Jesus' inner circle. They are frequently mentioned together. They are called the sons of thunder. And they were characterized by their seal, their passion, and 
ambition. This call, the call to come after someone implies discipleship because it is the disciple who breaks all other ties to follow his master as a servant. Yet uh, far more than this was involved in this call because he calls them and he makes them, be, he makes them become fishers of men. Now, Jesus is different. In Jesus' time, uh, the students will initiate uh, in the look for the, the master, the rabbis. Here, Jesus is coming to the place of work and calling them. Uh, he has this authority of a king and say, follow, follow me. He is the king. So he has this authority and they call them for his service. What they need to learn can only happen and can only be learned as they follow Jesus. Jesus is known when it's followed. Living uh, all these men, all these men had to make a decision of leaving their business and leaving their family. We see later um, in verse 19, he said, James and John, the son of Zebedee, and John and his brother, uh, who were in their boat, made in their nets, and immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the higher servants and followed him. Okay, so these two other disciples, these are living their business. And let me, and, and if you see, and then if you, we pay close attention to this verse, you'll see that business is good. The, the, their business is, is, is profitable, it's doing great because they have hired servants. They're like managers. They have a good business and, and they live in that. And also they're living their father, Sivity. They will come back some time later, but right now they, they, live in, they live in that. Let me tell you a, a, a wrong response um, in comparison with this, with this type of response. Matthew uh, 8, 21 um, says, Another of the disciples said to him, to the Lord, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And the other idea is this other person is, let me do this first and then I'll, I'll follow you. I'll believe, but maybe when I'm old, maybe later. And all these disciples are following immediately because it makes sense. It makes sense to leave everything to follow, to follow the king. The purpose of Christ is to proclaim the good news of God. The good news are that he's willing to receive and forgive us. And this is made possible on the cross. Jesus himself is, is the good news. And he's, he came to preach the, the good news. We fail to follow him immediately. Um, let me mention some concluding comments. If you think about Jesus Christ, he, you realize that he, as this disciple, he left his father in heaven. He left his kingdom where everything was perfect, the, the convenience. He left his father, knowing that there, will, there was going to be suffering involved. 
he led all of that and was obedient to his father. And thinking about this, he also left his, his cap, carpentry job. And uh, let me uh, read you a passage on, on John 10, 17. Um, John 17 says about uh, the authority and, his, and his, talks about how he has the authority and, and how he's willing and wants to come and be our redeemer, our savior. Just like this, verse 17. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. So he's willing to give his life. He gives his life and he has the authority to take it, to take it back. There comes a time for each of us when we will receive a, a call from Jesus personally. And we must make a decision whether to follow him or not. For us who have been following, who are Christian, and you've been a believer, this is an everyday call, a call to repentance, a call to believe, to trust him. There's a promise that Jesus gave us, right? There'll be trouble. There's going to be trial. There's sin. So there's a decision. Are we going to trust him in this circumstance? To believe, the good news is to believe in Jesus. To believe in Jesus is to follow him. So he calls his first disciples and he still calls us today. To believe, his announcement of the kingdom is to believe the king. And to believe the gospel of the king Jesus is is to follow him. Because he arrived, we need to repent and believe. And because we believe, that's why we follow him. Join me in prayer. Father, we, we give you all the praise and all the honor for coming all the way down and call us to your service. Father, help us respond Immediately. Help us realize that there's no one else with words of eternal life. There's nothing else better than you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.